Hey, this is Susan Green. Howdy, everybody. This is Colter Fleming. And welcome to the Backstage Travel Podcast. Last time we talked, you had gone away with your lovely bride. And I know you guys uh, went away. And then I don't think we talked about it last time. You guys have another COVID wedding disruption, if I'm remember correctly. Yeah. So, so we got our marriage certificate, um, in the mail today. So, you know, good on, good on that. But yeah, I mean, we, um, two weeks ago, uh, we now moved when you got your wedding certificate. Did your wife cry? She did. Yeah, she did. And you cried Um, with her, right? I said, we're going to celebrate with, um, homemade pizza and wine tonight, which we were already going to do, but I said, we're going to celebrate. Um, that's so cool. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. But, um, uh, the date now has moved again, uh, for the reception to 2022. Um, yeah, so we had moved it to May and then we thought about, you know, some other time this year, but I mean, it's too complicated. I, I just don't want to have to like, think about it at the end of the year to have to move it again. So we just kicked it into yeah. next year and, you know, by then everybody should be feeling good about it, you know? Well, let's hope so. I didn't think that 21 would be like this. So I certainly hope 22 is a lot better. That's our joke in our house. Um, I can't imagine what these vendors feel like. Like, how are they staying in business? Maybe they're well, getting funds, but. That was the that was the thing that was clutch is that part of the reason we went further into next year. So we're, we're moving our reception into November next year. So it's going to be like a two-year anniversary. Tori's like, we're going to have a little three-month-old carrying down with a wagon or something like that. I mean. God, I hope so. Yeah, she hopes so. Um, I know. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, but like, yeah, like part of it was, you know, getting a date that worked for the vendors again. Um, Right. So you coordinate, okay, here's three dates. The the venue's open because they've, our venue said in 2020, between 2020 and so far in 21, they've rescheduled over 500 weddings. So like trying to find a date in 22 and later on this year is pretty gnarly. So if you pick like a Monday or Tuesday, but see, that's the problem. You're also picking around holidays. I'll just give you my two cents, but you're picking like really hard dates, but that is true. Yeah. Well, I mean, really, really any date in Southern California is um, getting yeah. crazy, but it's kind of like your business. I mean, you've, you've postponed and delayed a lot of, you know, trips. And so the end of this year, into next is probably looking pretty good. I bet it is. But a lot of people that have moved their trips have moved it to next year. And like, there's so many things that are sold out. So exactly. Yeah. So like everyone's right now doing a destination wedding on two, 22, 22. I have six right now. And I just got called today for another one. And I was like, uh, they're like all sold out. Yeah. So what what have you been, what have you been working on lately? Uh, destination weddings are really popular. I think two reasons. One is people can't get married here. They can have 20 people at their place um, and people want to get out. So we've had, a, we've had more requests for destination weddings in the last month than I've had in the last five years. Wait, so wait, wait. Been, say that again. Yeah. More what? destination wedding. Yeah. More destination wedding requests in the last month than I've had in the last five years. I typically do four to five in a year and I've closed 12 in the last month. Yeah. Oh so it's been, it's been a really, it's been really good. And then, you know, my big thing during COVID has been, trying to think outside the box. So going to places where people want to go. So people who have had to redo their wedding or said, you know, screw this, we're just going to go. We're going to have a fan freaking fantastic wedding. I mean, trip. And, you know, I'm so pissed that I can't get married the way I want. And so now they want to go to these great destinations and there's some great sales out there. I think the biggest hangup that we're running into is people are like, oh my gosh, I totally saw this online. It's so great, blah, blah, blah. And then they don't realize that because we're down on airfare. So for example, like Air Tahiti Nui doesn't fly overnight, every single night. And then you're like, so you're going to have to spend the night in Tahiti. Well, I don't want to do that. And so you're up against some people that don't understand some of the things that are going on. Um, and sometimes that becomes frustrating, but that's okay. Um, we had a big thing happen this week was, uh, the, well, it happened in the last two weeks was the cancel for any reason insurance. All of those companies got rid of New York and I have three weddings in New York. Needless to say, those clients were not happy. Mm. I wish they had said to me, you have till March 1st yeah. to book those people. But they said is, by the way, it's gone. And I went, whoa, 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 whoa. So, and of course these people had time to book, but nobody books. They're like, I'll book later. Oh, I don't know. I don't know if I want to go, blah, blah, blah. They just don't book. So then when you're trying to get them to book and now they're getting pushed up against a wall, they're not very happy about it. 
I mean, this is the mother, you know, mother of the bride that was booking today, but yeah, so it's been, it's been fun. I mean, we're really busy. We have a lot of FIT, which is individual trips. And then um, I'm really excited to go to Hawaii. Hawaii is a huge one right now. It's really the only U S destination outside Puerto Rico, which I know absolutely nothing about. Um, so it's hard for me to sell or the U S Virgin islands, which is always a tough one because the U S Virgin islands is beautiful, but it also got hit by a hurricane. So not all of it's completely functioning. And then when they, when was that? Pri- uh, I think it was two years ago. Okay. It got still here. recovering. Still recovering. And yeah. then you, there's very few hotels that are, so it's like they have really nice hotels, like the Ritz, or they got really shitty hotels. Nothing I'm not in the middle. selling a shitty hotel, right? Because I'm not going, hey, will you call me back after you spent, you know, $1,400 for your hotel? No way. I don't care how pretty the destination is. It's going to be a shitty hotel. So I'm not selling that. So it's in between those two. And so nobody's booking those. And then if you want to do a destination wedding there, well, good luck because that's not an all-inclusive. Now you're talking about plated plates. Mm-hmm. You might as well just get married where you live. Yeah. So, um, and then people are frustrated. So, but it's been a good week. It's been nice. The weather's been great. Um, I did think of you today, not to bring back funny things, but I was um, in my bathroom taking, I was brushing my greasy hair and I thought- You thought of me brushing your hair? Oh, this is going to be good. No, I was not think. I was thinking of you. I turned and I went, cause we have friends in town, right? So I was like, oh, you know, when friends come in town, I got out the towels. I got out the fresh soap, yeah. you know, fresh towel soap, cleaned yeah. everything, right? And then I went, when you go to a hotel or really more if you go stay at a friend's house, would you ever use one of those loofahs that are there? Uh, is it like wrapped in plastic? Like it's a brand new loofah? <laughs> no, like it's just mine? No. <laughs> but it does like, have soap on it. Like it's been cleaned with soap. But it's yeah, touched no. somebody else's body. Yeah, hell no. There's no chance. Okay. Like, I don't even want to see that in somebody else's shower. Like, get out of here. So Are you, you don't kidding use me? It, you don't use that on your own body. I mean, it honestly, like the whole concept of it kind of weirds me out. Cause it's like Seriously. Like, yeah. Like I would have to clean it each time. Like, is there that, like a loofah cleaner deal? Like there this probably makes, is. No. Do you just use your hands? I mean, most times, you know, I take three showers a day. So, I mean, I'm in there a lot. That's true. That is true. You know, so morning, you're just a hand washer. workout, yes. second workout or run or pre-bed. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm consistent here. Now, how many showers a day does your wife take? Probably one. Yeah. So if she ever is like coming to bed and you're like, honey, your feet are dirty. You haven't done that move, right? I mean, you want to stay married. We got, we got some new sheets um, on our <laughs> registry and they're like... You know, like a car payment. Um, well, actually, nice. they, they're they're probably like a small car. Someone someone got them for us, and um, I yeah, they're very friends. nice. So so I've been like taking really good care of them. They're like a little hot though for me. Um, oh yeah, because the because silk and stuff doesn't breathe. Yeah, I I've, I've been waking up sweating all week. Oh, it's like menopause. Oh, culture going through menopause like I me. I know. So, so, so wait, when she you gets in Hawaii, bed, Susan? Well, I was going to say, if she gets in bed with dirty feet, would you be like, and that's not okay. Go no, it's not okay. Suckers. No, it's weird. <laughs> you gotta be, you gotta be <laughs> fresh and clean to go to bed. Not going to happen. But hey, I'm 30 years in. You guys are new. Um, I leave for Hawaii, uh, maybe alone, maybe with Dan on Sunday. So we're flying on Hawaiian, which I've never flown on. Uh, we used our miles and we're flying first class, which is lay down beds. What airline? Hawaiian. Hawaiian Air. Yeah. So the nice thing about a Hawaiian is they fly nonstop to Honolulu and they fly a day flight back. Oh. The overnight flights suck. I don't care if you're laying in a bed or not. I am too old. They just hurt. My hips hurt. My head hurts. My shoulder hurts. You know, and- It sounds like hashtag first world problems, honestly. It is. It's very, very difficult to be me. Yeah. Yes. See, you just didn't know me when I traveled a lot. So you just don't understand- you know, the traveling Susan. No, so. I just, I just know you on zoom mostly like, <laughs> like, like anybody I've met over the last year. I know what I, their I like someone, room looks like, like that's about it. I know. I met someone last week and she's like, I just don't, I don't think I've been on zoom. I was like, what have you done for a what year? What have you done for the last year? Where have honestly, you been? Like, I do I my like, gym you obviously on don't have a, This is what I, I mean, said. I go, I went, she obviously doesn't have a job. That's all I could think of was she doesn't have a job, right? Because I guess if you don't have a job, maybe you're not on Zoom. Maybe you don't care about seeing your friends on Zoom. But if you work anywhere, you're on Zoom. So so I was wondering, did we get any uh, any feedback from our uh, request for um, listener stories recently? So 
We didn't get that, but I thought what we do is I wanted to have everyone introduce Mackenzie, who has been on and off. Mackenzie is my oldest daughter. Today, she's my favorite daughter because she's here. Um, she's 24. She is a joy. She is our machine behind this. She does so much for us. She helps us with all of our piffy comments and make sure that our, uh, our, uh, no, she makes podcast us look good. Sound. Yeah, she does. She makes she me does. look good. And if she could do my hair and makeup, she'd make me look amazing. Cause she also does that sometimes while we're doing our podcast. It's wonderful. She'll sit there and do her makeup and we'll watch her. But, um, I wanted her to share one of her funny travel mishaps as an opener because it involves me. And um, she still says that she doesn't forgive me. So I thought we would have, <laughs> I thought we'd have Mackenzie come on and share her story about um, we were traveling. I'll, I'll preface this. We were traveling from Chicago to Phoenix on American and we had to stop in Dallas, which is like, I think physically the largest airport. You always have to take the tram, the train. And um, it was the first time my kids were on a triple seven. We were so excited. We we're in the five middle and they all had a TV and I couldn't get them out of the airplane. I'm very type A. I'm like a spreadsheet from hell chick. And I'm like, get going people. And they're all like, I have these artsy fartsy, lovely children and my husband and they're all going slow. And I'm like, get your ass in gear. We got to get on that train and we got to go and no one is running and I'm making everyone go. And Mackenzie, would you like to share the rest of your story? I mean, it's not... <laughs> It's not a very long story, but we're running up. But it's an still escalator. a funny travel mishap. So, well, I always I'm wonder what? what the people who saw us do this thought. Like, well, yeah, there was so a lady ahead. that helped us. Okay, so I was probably what twelve at the time. About yeah, yeah. Um, well, I'm in flip flops because that's what we lived in growing up in Phoenix. My mom loved them. She bought us dollar ones from Gap every summer, and we're running up the escalator because that's always a great idea. And. Um, <laughs> I trip and fall and I'm like, ow, my foot really hurts. And she's like, it doesn't matter. Keep going. So I'm running. <laughs> Empathy is not my strong suit. Well, I'm running. I'm like, we got to get on that stupid train. Do you hear it? It's dinging. The, the airport is one of the few places I would not wear flip-flops. I mean, for Less sure. I got that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so we're, we keep running and I'm like, my foot keeps slipping. And I look down <laughs> and it's soaked in blood. There's a trail behind me. And my mom's like, we got to keep going. You just got to go with it. So we run and she's like, well, I guess we got to get on the shuttle. So we get on this like train type thing. It's a train in between, in between that. Yeah. And Dan's like, yeah. Susan, Mackenzie's bleeding. He's looking at me like I have lost my marbles. And I'm like, and the, I'm tree, the plane's about to leave. <laughs> well, I'm not just bleeding. I sliced my toe open. You did. So I don't remember if it was you or the nice lady on the train who was like, I think I have band-aids and you no, were like, me. forget it was okay. She's like, forget it. And whips out a maxi pad and wraps my phone <laughs> in a maxi pad. Oh, she's sitting there and I'm like, I'm so disturbed wanna... right now. <laughs> I mean, first of all, just sandals in an airport. I mean, well, and then this was my first ever experience with a maxi pad in my life. First experience. Yeah. And I was like, this is easy. What's going to clean up the blood. We don't have a blanket. And I pull it out and Dan's like, you problem solved. No, no. No, no. He literally is like, no, 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 no. But quiet because he's not me. And I'm like, problem solved. And then I'm like, and there's like adhesive. So just it will adhesive. And Mackenzie's looking at me like, you didn't just do that. And everyone on the train is totally looking at her. And I'm like, it's awesome. I solved the fucking problem, people. And then I wore a maxi pad on my toe around the whole airport. She did. And we made our flight. We ran to it and we were the last people on. At least you made the flight. Thank I was God. Like soldier down. Little, yeah. little child soldier abuse never hurt anybody. <laughs> a little child abuse never hurt anyone. Thank you for sharing. And I do love All you. Right. And I'm really sorry. And I'm sure that you're scarred for life. I'm going back to my little behind the scenes cave. I'll see you guys later. Thank you. <laughs> that, no, that, that was uh, a really funny, a little gross story. But I did, I did like it. Um, I think that really gets us in the mood. And re remind us, Susan, if people have stories that they want to share, yeah. what should they do with them? So we, we have a uh, Instagram and we have a business, we have a Facebook business page. So just DM also, us. You could do that basically. or you can email us at yeah, info at backstage travel podcast. We would love to hear your stories. I think they're hilariously funny. I, I sit here and I thought to myself, wouldn't it have been funny if we could ever see if we walked by you in the airport, Coulter? Like how many times I've been at that airport and I'm like, what if I walked by you? What if you were like, who's that crazy ass mom? 
and not, and you'd be like, she's not being very nice to her daughter. And you know, you had to make the flight. (laughs) You had to make the flight. So yeah. What are you going to do? I know. So I would love to hear more people's stories. We have a bunch ourselves and I'm always happy to talk about myself as we, as we know, but I love to hear other people's story. I want to introduce our guests. I cannot pronounce their last name. That's the first thing I'm going to ask them. I could not spell it if my life depended on it. That is for sure. So I was lucky enough last year to go with the Tahiti Tourism Board to Tahiti to become a specialist. I got to know Denise while we were there. And it was really funny as they put you in these rooms. And this is my favorite thing. They put you in these rooms and you could really be anywhere in the resort. And a lot of the resorts we were in random and Denise and I always ended up next to each other. And then we would get to know each other. We're the same age and stuff like that. And somehow it came up with, she's like, you're a lot like my husband. I'm like, oh my gosh, you're a lot like my husband. And so one night, one of my favorite photos is she's wearing this beautiful white dress and I'm wearing a black dress. And I'm like, oh, we're getting married. We're like in a golf cart. So we became good friends, which I love. Um, And I still, of course, work with her with Tahiti. And then I got to meet her husband when they came in town and he's Tilo. And he is from Switzerland, if I'm correct. And he's correct. got a very interesting story, by the way. I want to hear this too. How do you pronounce your last name? Hi, hi, Susan. Well, the last name is pronounced Schmiedeknecht, but oh, the CH okay. sound at the end, it doesn't exist in the English language. So it's very hard to pronounce as a native. So English. how does, Denise, how do you say it when you say your last name? I say, hello, by the way. Hello, hello. <laughs> I say Schmiedeknecht. And that it's hard. We, we don't have that Schmiedeknecht sound in the yeah so it's hard i'm sure my mother-in-law cringes um but when i say my last name to colleagues or friends uh, i'll kind of say it's like schmide kind of which is easy and then connect like we're connecting today what yeah but i was gonna really say does, is there a meaning behind it it does have a meaning it's unfortunately not a very noble name if oh. you translate does it, it, does it mean maxi pad on your foot <laughs> I mean, it means get your kids on that shitty flight. (laughs) Quite like that. Yeah. It means it's the blacksmith's helper boy. Oh, so you're a blacksmith's helper boy. And then a connect is a helper. So you're poor people. Yeah. Schmied Schmied is like Smith. That would be the the American equivalent of a Smith. And then a knecht is is the helper. So it's like Smith helper is really. So I needed the yesterday when I was spitting. That's what I was trying to do. I sat there going, <laughs> I was like, I got to get more spit up here. The guy's like, it takes a while. I'm like, no, that's shit. like more German. <laughs> this is like, it's, it, he says it's so smooth. It, it, I mean, yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. So it must have some ger- German roots, even though it you is, are your German. family. My dad's German. He's from Germany. Okay. So oh. I, I grew up a, an immigrant child in Switzerland, even though you would probably think somebody from Switzerland, Germany is pretty much the same. But yes. I grew up in a in a German household in Switzerland, so I'm not really anything. Well, and your mother's she's Swiss. <laughs> you are something. So what what town did you grow up in in Switzerland? In Diepoldsau. It's the center of the universe. It's very important. It must town. be. <laughs> I've it's, never heard of it, so that's so impressive. It's a village. It's not a town. It's very very few people. Oh. And if you look at the, the phone book, half the people have the same last name, and the other half have the other last name. And then there was us. So it's, it's been, you know, thousands of years of inbreeding. Perfect. Perfect. That's why they're like, they're like, they can't speak. (laughs) They lost their ability to speak. They were like, we could a couple generations ago, but we've just all connected. See? I mean, looking back at it now as a child, it was heaven. It was like countryside in Switzerland, barefoot the whole year, running around, being outside. When you get a little bit older, it becomes a little boring because there's nothing else to do other than frolicking through the forest. Um, yeah. So I, you know, it's my favorite country. Up. I've been there three times. Absolute really? favorite country to go to. Yeah. I didn't yeah, know my that. Da- yeah. I've been there three times. It's uh, Interlaken, Bern, uh, Lucerne. Um, it's just absolutely sunny. Uh, San Each time with your dad? Um, yes. So the last time I went there, my dad had gotten a BMW in Munich. And, and we drove, we drove the, the Autobahn and then we went through Austria and then we came down into, and we went through Liechtenstein. I mean, who can't, you can't miss that. And then um, up about 15 minute drive from Liechtenstein. I can't believe that there's still a country. Like, I don't understand that. I'm like, really? It's literally a mile and, and the amount of my, but yeah, so we drove through that, but it is so beautiful. And, 
after going to so many of these European countries, it is one of the kindest, most intelligent countries you'll go to. I tell people too. everyone there speaks English. They're very, very kind to you. Very helpful. You go to France and they're like, yeah, we could give a shit about you. And they really don't like wherever you go. I don't care where you are. They're like, we're not going to speak your language. We don't care. Just Germany, they kind of do. Like two days ago. Like, yeah. But you go to, you go to Switzerland and they're like, it, it's beautifully clean. The food is fantastic. The last time we were there, we stayed at the Victoria Jungfrau. I've been to the top of the Jungfrau twice. I, my dad goes, yeah, ask him if he found your camera. I'm like, I don't think he's from there, dad. I left my camera at the top of the Jungfrau last time I was there. And Switzerland is the first place I ever went into a co-ed spa and didn't realize they were both naked. And I went, that was fun. And that was, I was like, yeah, I went, oh, and of course, you know, the people that go in the spa naked are not the people that should be naked. It's like the naked beach. You're like, is it going to be the hot chick? No, it's going to be the old lady from Germany over there. And she's like, I don't care. Fine. They're just, you know, experimenting. Oh, it's awesome. It just was not what I wanted to see when I walked in. I went, oh my God. Okay. Um, I'm leaving. (laughs) <laughs> that yeah, was a a different relationship with nudity compared to the u.s it's, it's yes you know you take your clothes off to take a shower it's just it's human in america it's it's very different it's hypersexualized. so it's very yes. different to take on nudity in this country Pure, puritan culture you know we're not used to that that is very very true i want to hear how you guys met i know but our our listeners don't and culture doesn't and my daughter does not and what i love about this was it took Tilo, Tilo. Is it Tilo or Thilo? It's Tilo. It's easy to remember. It's like J-Lo, but with T. Oh my God. Do you dance like her too? Better. <laughs> oh my God. You know, she also can cook, I heard. She's oh. a good chef. It, and I'll tell you this, the food that you make, you are always welcome here. Like I said, Dan will get more shit done around the house. We have a guest room with a beautiful queen-size bed. It's brand new. I mean, culture won't sleep on it because obviously somebody else has, but we have clean <laughs> towels. I do have a loofah in the bathroom. You don't have to use it, but I have brand new shampoo bottles from all the hotels I go to. I collect those for my house. So what I love about Tilo and how you guys met is that Tilo, if I remember correctly, you were way into Denise before Denise wanted to date you. Very true. Yes. Yes. And she was like, talk to the hand. The face is busy. <laughs> she, she grew up in Irvine. So, you know. <laughs> She's like, I'm a Cali girl. I'm a Cali yeah. girl. Sorry. I'm too good for you. I'm from the yeah. OC, Boys baby. that run around and frolic are not my thing. <laughs> yeah, uh, so tell us how you guys met. No. So we both worked on a luxury cruise ship, a luxury cruise line, Crystal Cruises. And I was in a position when I first went on board, I was in a position where I was selling tours. I was in the tour department. So I was forward with guests, interacting with guests. And I was so into my position. I really, I didn't go to the officer's bar at night. I didn't go to the crew bar at night. I really- You're focused. I was so focused and I was kind of a little bit intimidated by the, the bar scene on board for the crew members. And I really wanted to do well in my job. So I, and there are very few Americans that work on board cruise ships. So I was yeah. one of like yep. 20 or 24 of them at the time or 30, maybe the band and a few dancers or something. So I remember like, I just wanted to do well. And every day I was on tour. So we were in Asia. Right. And all throughout uh, Japan and China and doing these series of cruises for two months on Crystal Harmony. And I, I just was focused. And then we went down into um, Alaska and I knew of Tilo. I think I you go up to Alaska, by the way. Oh, yeah, just kidding. No, we went, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> totally being a smart ass. We went like <laughs> up and then She's down. She's going down. I'm like, kind of like down. Wow, move. that's a long way to go around. Uh, Maybe that's how they get more people's money. They like, oh. hey, we're going to go the long way. We did. We went up into the Aleutian Islands and oh yeah, 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 down into Alaska. So that's kind of my. There you go. I got Have you ever been to Petropavlovsk? It's on far eastern Russia in Siberia. Yeah, don't go. It's not worth it. (laughs) I've not been to Alaska either. Oh my gosh. Go there. Yeah. Beautiful. I know. Well, it's closed now. I know. Um, um, so I remember this Tilo character and the other guy, and he was in the IT department, and I remember like. You know, he was good looking, he was really charismatic, and he always had ladies around, but it was always a, a scene in his office, and it was <laughs> IT department, and they called it the IT bar. There were like how many bars on Crystal Harmony, and yeah. they considered that like another bar because- A fan club. 
And so, yeah. And so I, you would walk He's in got the or something or to ask someone, oh, my printer's not working or something. And they're he, like, Tilo, oh, my printer's not working. <laughs> you had like Patron bottles. <laughs> it was, I was very intimidated. I just want to do my job and focus. And then I didn't really talk to him until another year or so went by. He went to another ship and I was on another ship. And so, um, but then we worked together and we became friends and I kind of thought he was good looking and I didn't really pay attention to him too much. I was in another world. God, you had to, she had to, you had to work very hard, Tilo. I could already hear this. Yeah, you see, she was in another league. That's her. (laughs) There's like here and here. That's right. Poor people. Smith, that, that, you know, schmick name just (laughs) threw you. He was always though. I, I knew he always had sort of like a, a dancer or it seemed like a former model girl that worked up in the shops or the salon as a girlfriend and I didn't really that wasn't my you know I was I was very much not um I I didn't party until late in the night but I heard about the parties you know until four morning or 3 30 in the morning quite often with a whole crowd of them and it just wasn't my thing he would come to me my tea guys like to get down buddy I mean you know (laughs) (laughs) I I was the one he would turn to for like when ultimately when we became friends when say his family came on board and he oh, needed- Oh, now a, he needs the surrogate a, friend that looks normal. Yes, to go on a formal <laughs> night and have a, a proper conversation with True his story. sister. I mean, that's pretty smart. That's hilarious. I think there's one legendary night when my, my sister and her husband were on board and you know, we, we burnt a candle on both ends or I did for a long time on the ship. And this one evening, I just couldn't anymore. I was tired, they were there for the whole cruise and we're out with Denise. I went home and Denise continued partying with my sister. And, and I'm going to flip the script night, on you. She, she outstayed me. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. You're like, the they didn't look so good. We were fine. That's hilarious. So, what changed then? How did it go from this friendship? Did someone say something or? Well, after this is how we met and, and how we knew off each other. But then we went our separate ways. And in the meantime, I had moved to, to Cape Town, South Africa and oh, living there. Beautiful. And Denise continued on the ship. And then Denise also stopped working on a ship and she was in Irvine. And we always stayed loosely in touch. Mm -hmm. It would have been like one of us writes a long, 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 long email and then nothing for three months. And the the right moment will come around where you have that day. We're like, okay, now is a good time. I'm in the right (laughs) reply. And like this, we had a back and forth communication going on the entire time after after we were friends and it was very loose. Was it like right after you watched The Notebook, Tilo? You're like, all right, I'm gonna write her now. <laughs> you haven't seen The Notebook, have you? I've never seen it either. Oh no! Okay, homework <laughs> for be, the weekend. Okay, just, moving just on. Just be prepared, be prepared to cry. It's really good, it's a crier. Okay, sorry, anyway. So yes, yeah, not, not I agree with you. And so, you know, we've been loosely in touch and, and, and then somehow our conversations became a lot more frequent. And mm-hmm. suddenly we started writing almost every other day, almost every day. And I said, hey, you know, let's, let's get on a Skype call and let's start talking. And we started talking. And this is Denise lived in Orange County at the time. And I was in Cape Town, which is about as far apart as you possibly can be. Correct. Pretty much. I have flown that. So, yes. So Susan, since you're traveling to Hawaii, do you know the furthest airport from Cape Town that you can get to? Well, let me think. So, I mean, would it be Honolulu? Yeah. Yeah. So I did, I did, I did Cape Town. I've done it, done it twice. And I did, we left our house, went from Phoenix to, to Atlanta, Atlanta, Johannesburg, Johannesburg, Cape Town. And it was 24 hours. It's a schlep down there. Yeah. It is a schlep. It is worth every moment of my life i'd go back in a heartbeat but it, it is the longest haul and you're like Ugh. what were you yeah. doing in cape town by the way i worked for a small company i don't know if you've ever heard of it they they do a little bit of delivery it's called amazon oh my god oh uh, yeah um i keep them in business the funny yeah. thing is in cape town you tell someone i work for amazon never heard of it yeah oh my gosh that's awesome it's not a thing yeah. there they don't have Jeff Bezos like we need to make that happen. That's crazy. So you work down there and so you guys are chatting every day. And at what point did you obviously you connected as romantic before you must have moved back here. Yeah, so 
at this point, you know, conversations and we started talking, they kept getting longer and longer and well, longer. Flirtatious, you know, it just kind of changed. You, you combed your hair before you got on. I mean, the, the good old days of Skype. <laughs> before <know>. zoom <laughs> you're like i got i gotta not have greasy hair like mine you're like i gotta look good <laughs> yeah we were very early adopters of the pandemic lifestyle and yes so yeah it became it became a little bit more romantic and flirtatious and we started spending more and more time together and sometimes on a weekend my alarm would go at like 4 35 o'clock in the morning and we'll start talking and we'll be on for eight hours. We'll spend the day together. Wow. Unbelievable. On Skype. Yeah. And God, the good old days. I remember those days of talking to Dan for eight hours. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can't imagine now. I mean, I do talk to him, but like eight hours, like what he'd be like, are, do that are you done? Or so. But then we would touch yeah. base just yeah. like at the end of his day, the beginning of mine, because it was a nine or ten hour. Right, time. right. Um, yeah. 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 And then we decided to just let's, hey, let's see. go on a date. Let's go on a date. Let's try and figure out what, where are we going to meet? And we were trying to figure out where in between. So yeah. like, the smack dab middle was something like Fortaleza, Brazil or something like that. Wow. I mean, I never even thought I was thinking like London. We were also looking at maybe like, Oh, Bali, you know, trying to figure out how do we meet on the other direction? So, I mean, it's so far the opposite side. I mean, right. you know, where, where we're at Los Angeles, it, it's on the same parallel line, you know, as, as Cape Town. So we have the same climate, just opposite him, you know, Northern, right. hemisphere, Southern hemisphere right. on the opposite ends of the planet. So it's, wow. Um, so yeah, we actually ultimately decided that I would fly over his direction. That was so, good. You're like, I don't know. Hmm. <laughs> you should come here. You should be uncomfortable in the airplane. Yeah. <laughs> You should sit for hours in Frankfurt or wherever I was. I don't know. So, so yeah. our, first, yeah. our first date was a two week safari. Yeah. No way. Oh yeah. my gosh. Uh, Coulter and I both have done them. I mean, that's just, they're like, you know, uh, living there, they're just life changing. That's yeah, mine was a day though. I mean, two weeks. I can't imagine how fun that would be. Yeah. The first four days were, it's a, a road trip right near Kruger National Park. And then, um, we went through different, you know, different areas. And then in the, it's called the panoramic route. And then, you tuck into these private game reserves. And so we went to, yeah, it was just- what so your first date you was basically to? a honeymoon. Yeah, and it was a test. Let's see how this works. If not, you know, hmm. but it was luckily, you know, and, and after that we flew to Cape Town together and I spent a few weeks there, so. Uh, and when you I, left, were you excessively sad? Were you like, I think uh, this is the person I want to marry? Um, I pretty much, I felt, pretty strongly about that. And I was crying. It was horrible. We yeah. didn't know when we would see each other next. Aww. It was really, it was quite difficult in the beginning. We weren't sure what was going yeah. to happen. Um, yeah. So, but it, it, uh, he came to Los Angeles, I think six months later, June. So five and a wow. half. Months later. And then at that stage, we kind of talked like, if, if we need, if we're going to make this work, we have to figure this out. Yeah. Yeah. Who's going to move? And so uh, we decided to get married and then we got married in on that October. So nine months after our first date. So it was October. Wow. Two months. October. What day is your anniversary? 1022. 22nd of October. Yeah. Mine is October 9th. That's why I was like, don't tell me we didn't know this. So. <laughs> and you know, and how, we were talking yeah. about the 22222 date. Yeah. We we had a week that I was here to, to get married. And so we're like, which day are we going to get married? Our, our, our wedding was literally the two of us going and, and get the paperwork done. And we were planning the ceremony and reception at a later stage, but not was just about getting married. And yeah. we looked at like, doesn't matter which day of the week, let's pick the coolest number out of this one week window that that's we have. That's so funny. The date. That's what, that's what Coulter did. Coulter, they went and got married at the hockey arena in LA. Well, uh, Anaheim, we went, we went Sorry, to the Honda Anaheim. center. Honda oh center. yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's how they're doing it during COVID. You just sort of go up to the ticket window. Um, <laughs> I'm serious. Um, like, <laughs> you know, you drive, you set an appointment, you drive up, and you know they're they've got the ticket windows, and the for for licenses, you go into an inside ticket window. So we just did a license, but there was you know five other couples there at the ticket window in you know um, a tux and dresses, and you know yeah. some people brought like one friend in the car. Um, to take photos of them, but they had like a little um, photo booth and all that. It was, it was pretty cute. I, it was very memorable. Yeah. 
Oh, God. Yeah, we got married at the, the old courthouse in Santa Ana. The old oh, cool. Her, her mom and her sister were there to, to sign as witnesses. Yeah. And we went in and started doing our paperwork. And then the guy's like, yeah, that'll be $200. I'm like, <laughs> whoa, oh, wait, paying? Okay, can I pay it? No, cash only. Oh, okay. Oh, that's such I'm the government out, too. I'm going out to my mother-in-law. Sorry, um, can I borrow $200? So, so I can get like, that is awesome. Can I borrow money to marry your wife, your daughter? So we're not living in sin. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I know. That's oh fantastic. God. What year did you get married? How long have you been married then? 2014. So it's been. Wow. Yeah. Seven years. Yeah. It'll be seven years this year. Yeah. That's amazing. So you got married and then did you move here and you lived here and started your career here? No, first Denise moved to South Africa. So we got married in October. I moved to South Africa in that That's in right. April of 2015 for three years. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I think it's amazing. My parents are, when we went there last time, they shared a lot of the history, which was fascinating. And, you know, and that mystique and maybe truth of how unsafe it is mm -hmm. um, for Americans. I would say that I don't, book for my trip. When I book my trips for my clients who are going, I always make sure that they have a guide and people don't understand the guides of South Africa are so good. And it takes so much to become a guide, which yeah. is different than like us going, Hey, you want a guide to go take you around New York? That's not what this is. These are people. I mean, they drove with us. They ate with us. You, you, they really, it's a history lesson in itself. I was so grateful. We had them. They all wear the same badge. You know, you can tell who they are when you're at locations. Um, but you know, it is that concern of, I wouldn't want someone who didn't know anything about that going there by themselves. Um, because there is a huge discrepancy between income and poverty and they're right next door to each other, but it Absolutely. is one of the prettiest places I've ever been in my life. If I could ever go back again, I will. So it's, it's one of my favorite places outside Tahiti itself. Yeah. And it'll be, it'll be silly to say, you know, it's, it's, totally safe everywhere. You know, there's places in Los Angeles I wouldn't oh. go to. And no, I grew up in Chicago. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> How many shootings are they going to have a week in Chicago? I totally agree with you. So you come back to the United States and what were you doing while you were in South Africa? I was a housewife. I wasn't allowed to oh. work. Oh, that's right. Oh, bummer. Yeah. I was I need to, so I need Dan to go work <laughs> in South Africa. Yeah, I know. I know. If you like to work, I mean, there's always so many days. I think I work on vacation. Like when we're going to Hawaii, I'm like, the good news is I get up earlier than Dan and I can go to the club room. And I brought, I bought one of these like portable chargers that have like an outlet in it. So I can plug my computer in and I'm like, I can get a couple hours in. Cause if I work the whole day, he will absolutely kill me. But I also am like, I can't not work, but I like to work. It does. It totally feeds my soul. So I would be totally bored after a while. There's only so many books I can read. So, and so many shows I can watch. So, um, but so you come back to the United States and then how did you get into your current career with the T Tahiti tourism? So when I worked at Crystal Cruises, I, you know, you meet people all, all over the place and yep. stayed in touch with one who works at Tahiti tourism. And she knew I was coming back to the United States and uh, she had a position that came available that April. So I, gotcha. I worked temporarily for an institute, a financial institution in Newport Beach, just for six weeks. We both did like a little contract job. Yep. And then I was hired at Tahiti Tourism to start in that April. So gotcha. Yeah. Now, before we go into that, I would ask you this, especially on a small luxury cruise line. So Crystal's one of these top small, would you say what? 180, 200 passengers, right? Well, the, 600. the you can go up to no, 600,000, but it was, it was a big ship, the ship, same size different cruise line would have twice the amount of passengers. Yeah, you're correct. That's right. I obviously don't sell a lot of that. So I, yeah, um, like I've, sold, I've sold a little bit of Seaborn, but I haven't, it's the lines I'm trying to get into now. What is something that you think that people don't realize? Like, for example, I've watched some of these shows where they talk about behind the scenes, like who knew that there was a bar for the staff? Is there anything behind the scenes that you go, when you thought about working on a cruise ship and then working on it, you went, I had no idea that this, part was part of a cruise ship versus like, I've been on eight cruises. I got once to go through the kitchen and that was fascinating. Like I was like, Oh my gosh, a, how much alcohol can we really consume? But like, I didn't realize they recycled their own crap online, stuff like that. But things that you saw behind the scenes that you went, I had no idea being on the, on the other side of this, that you went, this is fascinating. And people would just have no idea that that even went on. Well, one of the things that is just completely different of being a crew member on a cruise ship 
compared to what we call normal life, which is what we have, um, is that the only thing you need to worry about is your job. And everything else is taken care of. You don't have to worry about grocery shopping, cooking, cleaning, nothing. You just do your job. And wow. yes, it's long hours and yes, it's long days. But if you think about at home, uh, the amount of time you spend working, then you have to go shop, you have to cook meals, you have to clean the kitchen. You spend a lot of time of your day doing stuff where yep. on the ship you work, you have your 10, 12 hour day. But then you're done. You don't have to like, oh, now I have to go grocery shopping. I have to go past the uh, pharmacy to pick up a subscription. So, so that's something that's, yeah. that's very different. So, so you bring up an interesting point that I just want to ask about. And so when you're on a ship like that, that's, you know, at a level like what you guys are working at. I mean, if your ship's over, do you kind of have to stay behind the scenes? Like wh where do you go once your day's over? Depends. Yeah, stand in the corner. It depends on your position. There is a very, very, very strict hierarchy. And there is a spreadsheet that says, depending <gasps> who you are, where are you allowed to go? No. I mean, I love my spreadsheets, but no shit. See, see this, is, this is behind the scenes right here. Yes. Oh, I wish I could get my hands on that. <laughs> this is, this so, is interesting. So you totally. have officers and crew. So the officer, and, and I was very, very, very lucky. I, I came on board and, and day one, I was a two-stripe officer. So you have something that we refer to as privileges. So Why were you an officer? What became, I, so an officer doesn't mean that you have any- He was the only one who knew the Wi-Fi password. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, whatever it takes, whatever it takes, Tilo. Well, we better let him eat with the regulars. Exactly, exactly. Nobody has Facebook. <laughs> exactly. So I thought, I'm thinking an officer is someone that like has nautical training. That's not what you're talking about. Yes and no. You have different departments. So you have the deck department where a deck officer is the nautical office. Then you have the engine right. department where you have the engineers. And then you have the biggest department on board, the hotel department. And in between the stripes, like the nautical offer, officer will have a little anchor or a little uh, uh, star on there. And the engineer oh. will have a little propeller, uh, propeller yeah. down there. And uh, the hotel officers, we would have white in between the star. We called it, we got the paper stripes. So you got the, the little piece of paper in between. So you have a little white line in between your stripes. So you're quote unquote, just a hotel officer. But even though like you would have a manager in, in normal world on a ship is considered an officer. So you would have the- Oh, so you started manager. off as a manager called an officer. Correct. So you walked around with your shoulders out and no, but you knew then you looked at the spreadsheet and went, oh, I've got privileges. Correct. Which means what? What does that give you as a privilege? So as a two-stripe officer, you're allowed to go to all the guest bars. So after nice. you can go, you know, have a drink with your friend. Out of uniform? In uniform. Always in oh, uniform. Oh, in uniform. You have to be in uniform. Yeah. So they Because they have to know that, you know, you're not a guest. And then depending on the, on the dress code of the day, you'll have different uniforms. You have your usual day uniform, which is until 6 p.m. After 6 p.m., you have your evening uniform. And then you have either white formal or black formal, depending if it is a, a formal night, yeah, white or black formal. And, and it's wow. which uniform you're wearing at, at what time. So we had a whole bunch of different uniforms. And as IT officer, we always hated it when you get a call at 6.30 to go fix a bar printer. Oh, I have to go get changed now before I can go out to the bar because I'm still wearing my day uniform. Yeah, because oh. it's like a show the whole time. You know, it's probably like working at Disneyland, except on a boat. You know, you're, you're part of a cast. You are. Yeah. yeah. And then yeah. as a wow. crew member, when you're, when you're off duty, you're, you have to stay within crew areas. You're not allowed to just go wander around in deck areas unless you're there to do your job. So there's a very strict controlled hierarchy of, of who's allowed to do what, when, where, and you, you have to follow that. And that's very, very strict. And I mean, on a boat like that, like how much crew area do you have? I think it's pretty big. I mean, at least on Crystal, I think Crystal cruises, uh, treated their crew very well. And so when they yeah. built ships, they, you know, there's a crew conference room where you would do all your trainings, a crew or, or like a training room, a conference room. There's a crew bar and a crew officer's mess and officer's restaurant. So you have these spaces where you can, and then there's a crew, um, excuse me, a crew bar and a crew mess. So you have these 
different spaces for different privileges and where you are in your stripes and all that. Lots of hierarchy to go to, but then you have different spaces, I guess, to convene in and you have things that are offered to as crew members. You can take a language course. They offer language courses to help you brush up on your English or uh, computer skills courses. Or if you want to learn more about wine, it's always at weird hours. So at like 11, midnight or 11 p.m. You no way. So you have a head sommelier coming down and <coughs> extending his his expertise to whatever crew members want to join for a course on wine tasting. And so they understand what the guests are experiencing upstairs. What, so a, what a unique way to see the world. Yeah. But yeah. I think that's very much a, a brochure way of explaining the life for crew. Yeah. Basically, the only <laughs> thing to do on a cruise ship, if you're a crew member, is to drink and have sex. Yeah. And yeah. those are Entirely the two true. things that... Did you have a gym? There's a, there's a guest gym and a crew gym. The crew gym usually has a bunch of burly waiters pumping weight, and, and you want to stay away with that. Uh, from that but as a as an officer again you can you There's can go to the with... to the guest gym yeah. oh you can go to, i i bet you they only give you do you have to wear your towel. uniform to the guest gym or did you have a gym uniform no you're allowed you're allowed to to wear your own clothes too <laughs> okay <laughs> they might only give you one towel do you have to share a room as an officer hey so that was going to be one of my comments about when i first came on board i walked on board and i had to share a room in the very beginning and i was just shocked and I think I wasn't prepared. No. How small my room was. And I <laughs> yes, my room, you're at least, and this was an older ship. I'm not sure what they look like on new builds today, but it wasn't too far different on the other crystal ships that are still afloat today. I remember walking in and it was a bunk bed and the bunks were perpendicular. So I walked in and the two bunk beds were flush up against the far wall. The room was as wide as the bed is long. So wow. I'm five foot 11. So my bed was six and a half feet long. I don't know however long a, a bed is. It was a little bit longer, but I just remember I, and I started crying. There's was, four people in that room. No, there were two people in my two. room. There are some cruise lines that, and actually in other um, areas of of crystal cruises they do have four people and it's a much bigger room they have like a space in the middle with the chairs and i don't want three other people top or bottom room. bunk um well i walked in and someone was already living there so i had the top bunk that's yeah. all fun that's but always that's no. a great time oh. no that's how, how high up to the ceiling could you touch it oh, like if you put your I, hand up oh yes it was very very close um but it was you're not in your room ever i mean your contract yeah hours a day if you're lucky you only work eight hours a day um but you often work 10 12 hours a day on embarkation day the day all the guests turn around Mm -hmm. some guests leave and then the others arrive it's a long day uh yeah yeah 14 hours sometimes 16 for some people it's those you can't work on board a cruise ship if you're if you're afraid of hard work and denise what were your responsibilities during this time what what kind of work did you get into well, so I started out in the tour department. I wanted to see the world. And so I was on tour every single day. Um, wow. In the office. And then, so I did, uh, you know, a few contracts. So uh, circumnavigating South America, all of the med. We did a mix wow. season throughout Mexico. Uh, I'm backing up now, Alaska, Asia. Um, but uh, yeah, and, uh, Amazon, Antarctica. And then I transitioned for a few years into the back office, we call it. I was in a, um, a white officer's uniform with my stripes and I was the assistant to the general manager, what we call the hotel director on board a cruise ship. So I had a little office right next to the, he's the head of the hotel department and he has like anywhere from 28 to 32 department heads, depending on the ship. And so I reported to him and then I helped all those department heads. And often, you know, I was, a my mother tongue is my, only language is English, <laughs> my mother tongue. Like I speak other languages. I was like, wow, I'm so impressed. That sounded I'm very waiting. fancy for a second I there. did. I was like I know, waiting for some like hablo espanol or something. And I, yeah. But I would often help other, you know, you whether it was a recommendation letter, a resignation letter, a termination, you know, just. So my position was in the back office processing reports and vacation schedules and things. Um, I actually really enjoyed it. And it was very structured life on board. Yes, you do. Um, like some people say, every night is a Saturday night, and every morning is a Monday morning. 
and it's true. Oh, yeah. Uh, but you you live you, it up and regret it. Yeah, yeah. If you're willing to work hard, and most people yeah. work, it's really yeah. worth it. And it is um, rewarding. And I paid off a lot of debt, and I was debt free within a year and a half of working on board. And it was you do see the world. And that was a priority for me. And so I would volunteer my lunch hours and I would trade things so that I could go on tour. When I got out of the tour yeah. department, yeah. I wanted, I volunteered for tours. Um, so I could escort crystal sends a, a ship's escort, a ship's staff with every departure, every bus that goes out. And so when I saw the ship was um, in Sorrento and going to Pompeii or Herculaneum or yeah, Heck yeah. Um, oh, cool. Centurion yeah. going to a winery or the Great Wall of China or whatever, I, I was like, please, please, I will move my schedule around. I can do one tour for you, the whole cruise. Right. And I would like to do that one. So I've been to the Taj Mahal. I've been, yeah, Great wow. Wall of China. I've been, and it is, it's a hardship. You do give, you have sacrifices you make because you have yeah. family members, sisters, brothers, moms, dad at home and they're experiencing milestones in their life and you're out there somewhere. Right. And I, I do, I have to say when I first started on board, uh, someone told me, you know, Denise, things do get stressful on board. They get intense, uh, you'll have guests that are angry. You'll have guests that are crying. It's, you have guests that are elated and excited. You have all these experiences you're, you're sharing with these guests that you see for 12 days or 10 days, and then they're gone. And, and then you have these experiences with fellow crew members that ultimately become lifelong friends. And I remember a crew member uh, that I worked with told me once in the very beginning said, you're going to experience tough days and you, some days are just not nice and you want to leave and that's your the end of your contract and you want to just bail go home and have a normal life but then you wake up the next day and you look out your porthole if you're lucky enough to have a porthole or a window and you're i had a porthole i had a porthole <laughs> <laughs> many people he's have up he's up man he's got more stripes the stripes buddy people have cabins with nothing they're inside and that's yeah yeah um you look out and you you look out and you kind of go, oh, I'm in Villefranche today. Or yeah, I'm in Cannes, I'm in Lisbon. We're not I'm, in Irvine anymore, Toto. I'm in Shanghai, China. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You get to reset and say like, I get to be in Rome today. Or what should I, I think it's a great, I mean, I, I or, almost wish I had done that. I always thought it would be such a great way to see the world. So here's my last question about the behind the scenes part. What happened if you got in trouble? So like, what if a guest, a, a staff person, like, did they ever fool around with like a guest or something? Or yeah, how are how are you told to interact with guests? I mean, I'm sure yeah, they don't want you to add told. them on Facebook. You know, <laughs> yeah, they kind of want you to just be detached yeah. from them. I'm sure, right? Yeah, you are you are very 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 encouraged to socialize with guests. Mm -hmm. No, socialize. probably not have sex yeah. with them though. No. Yeah. yeah, that is an absolute, <laughs> absolute no no. If yeah. if that happens, it does happen. If it comes out, you're gone. You're like there's, there's no the next port. You know here. But did they want you to like really connect with them and like stay in touch with these guests? Oh, oh they do. Oh, because well, it brings people what I back. Thought. I oh, if you yeah. today, who really yeah. uh, I made an impact on me and vice versa, because you do have a special bond with people out there, and they come back year after year. Sometimes they're on. Well, that's why. That's why too. You'll notice that on cruise ships, people will go. I want to be with this captain. I want with this crew. Yeah. They do. They're very, very close to Interesting. them. Interesting. You know how you're you're not allowed to drive after you have a certain blood alcohol level and, yeah. and regulated. So on the ship, there's also a certain blood alcohol level that in theory you shouldn't go over. Let's leave it at that. But you're also encouraged to socialize with guests. So we have an, a blood alcohol level that you cannot be over while on duty. So you're actually allowed to have some drinks while on duty because that's part of socializing. And then you have a different blood alcohol level you cannot be over while off duty. So wow. there's, there's different regulations while, while doing that because part of our job was attending cocktail parties and socializing right. with guests and shaking hands and being seen. And the guests love to see the crew out and about and, and sit down with them yeah. and chat with them. And so buying we're... guest drinks and it's- there, it... have to be, there have to be guests that make moves at the, at the staff too. Maybe. I'm telling you, there have to be. Yes. I did these wealthy women, couples. these wealthy single women that are like, woo, or not even single, are like, Tilo, you my people. 
I, I guarantee you. I mean, it I happens. just you just know that has to happen. It happens. And that's why I'm like, you know that there's got to be people. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. So they get fired right away. That would suck to go home and be like, mom, dad, I'm home. What happened? Mm, couldn't keep it in the pants. <laughs> My Wait, you gave up this whole life? life. <laughs> be, be good at your job. Show up at work. Don't ever be late. And you get away with murder, or at least that was kind of like my rule. I, I always thought I got away with a lot, but I also made sure that my job was taken care of and that I was right. never, ever, 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 ever late. And, yeah. and make sure no matter how poor I felt the next day, I was there yeah. and I did my job. And that's important. So once you you, you do that, you're kind of okay. If you, That's a huge pet peeve of mine. I hate people being late. Yeah. So and if there's you're so, party yeah. and, and you don't show up for work, there's little tolerance. Yeah. When Coulter says he's going to call me and he doesn't call me, I throw darts at his picture on the wall. Oh my gosh. <laughs> you know, there's, here, a towel, there's a towel hanging from it, and then I'm like, and there it is. <laughs> you know, you're in international waters. The the, the ship right. is flagged by Panama, so you go by Panamanian labor laws. So there's there's a lot less regulation and right you, you don't have much to go by. It goes very quick where you get to call yeah. to your do you guys did you guys feel like by. um you know each ship, right? Each each 10 to 12 day trip or whatever, did it sort of take on like a culture of its own? Right. You're like, oh well, these guests are, you know, they're all, half of them are from Texas or, or whatever it was. Did we or know did, about or did those each Texas trip people. feel the same? Yeah. Very, very, very different. And also yeah. depending on where you are in the world. Yeah. Um, we were an American cruise line, so the majority of our guests were always Americans. Mm -hmm. But if you sail in the Mediterranean, you'll have a higher percentage of Europeans compared to being in, in the Caribbean or in Alaska. Uh, mm -hmm. When you're in Asia, you have a Asian passengers coming on. So absolutely, it takes a very different life. Um, and different people have different expectations, different cultures. Yeah. Have, have a different interpretation of what luxury means. So yeah. very many different people have different expectations and you have to adjust to the yeah. client base that you have at the time. And I considered ourselves very lucky working for Crystal. We weren't one of these ships that just had the regular five-day Nassau trip the whole year. We would go around the world and we would follow the seasons and we would have a world cruise. So we rarely ever went to the same port twice in a row. Um, of right. course, we did... Alaska, maybe four or five cruises in the summer back to back, but mostly we would travel all over the world and, and, and be in a different place. Every and I'm sure there are moments for both of you guys where you're just looking around and you're like, what the heck do these people do? Because I mean, Crystal Cruises is like way <laughs> upper end, right? That is you're, true. You're just kind of like, okay, doctor, lawyer, Indian chief, CEO, actor, you know, sports, I mean, entertainment. I mean, you're just like, Jesus, like, how do I get into this field? I mean, each day you're probably just like engrossed with different things that you can learn from your guests. I gave a Photoshop class once to Buzz Aldrin's wife. No way. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> okay, so we have a game and this is the way the game works. I should win. End of game. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> this is the way the game works. We ask, I ask questions and you get to pair up with Coulter this time because last time Coulter paired up with or I paired up with our guests and I ask you questions and you guys get to commemorate or commiserate together I don't know what the word is whatever you get to team up and then we keep track of it and we have a running tally and technically Coulter's still winning which is cheating so I don't like that I don't like to lose I don't know if you know that about well, me I'm a wait, you ask the question and then we collaborate and answer together. you do collaborate with Coulter and then you tell me the answer and I'll tell you if it's right we're, or we're, in, we're in a team the three of us okay. yes so and we, you yeah. can't look on your phone can't cheat okay. so what I did is because you guys like Italy so much as you told us I made these questions about Italy okay so get question number one how many regions does Italy have? It's a multiple choice. Do they have 15 to 20, 12 to 15, or eight to 12? Yeah. I'm sorry, what? 12 to 15. The middle one, 12 to 15. 12 to 15. Is that your final answer? I'm good with it. That would be incorrect. It was 15 to 20. Ah, but oh. wait, 12 to 15, was it, it was 16, 13. 17, yeah, so. Okay. I don't know. Um, all I know is that was the Probably answer I didn't. It's okay. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, this is awesome. I'm already ahead. They're the best guests ever. Okay. <laughs> Moving on. Um, okay. 
The uh, number two, the highest mountain in Italy is called. <gasps> Coulter, do you know this? You know this is a multiple choice. Is, no, this is called, what is the highest fucking mountain in Italy called? Uh, <laughs> that would be up by the Swiss border. It is found in the Alps. That is correct. Would, that is my little hint. the Matterhorn? Is, that, is, is it a multiple choice question? No. Wow. I'll tell you this. It's 4,807 meters. Meters. I mean, that, that, sounds, that sounds right. It I, is I, in the Alps. I think it's the Matterhorn. Let's do it. Let's go with it. Okay, so the Matterhorn is in Switzerland. Hello. The, um, <laughs> the, the, the top of the Matterhorn is the border between Switzerland and Italy. So if oh, you- Well, you can only get to it in Switzerland. Okay, it's not. It's Monte Bianco, also known as Mont Blanc. Which is in France. They call it Italy. So I guess the Mont Blanc is also the border between Italy and France. Because it's well, the I put up- That's interesting. I put up facts about Italy and they gave me that. So I'm sorry, but I would have never thought of the Matterhorn. So the Matterhorn, part of it is in Italy. Wow, that's interesting. Because people want to go to the Matterhorn and I always tell them no offense to people, but I go, go to Interlaken and go to the Jungfrau. It looks the same at the top. Um, and I think that's a prettier drive, but that's me. But Zermatt has a charm about it, the car-free town oh, yeah. and it has a that whole true. romance. But you get, cow you get cows. You get cows and then right when in the middle we of town. To, we went to Zermatt. I was like, okay, I have to show Denise, you know, proper Zermatt. So I booked this yeah. room at the Zermatterhof, which is one of the- Oh, that sounds very, very Hof. Swiss. And yes. you, you arrive at the at the train station and you come out and it's yes. a car-free town. And there's yes. all these little electric golf carts that take people to their hotels. And then there is one horse-drawn carriage, which oh. takes people to the Zermatterhof. So we were in this horse-drawn carriage going through downtown Zermatt. It's like with as all the, wide as the street. And all the tourists taking pictures of us. It was the moment where we felt like- And we're like, in well, this- oh. And the two horses have the jingle bells. So it's like the jingle bell. I felt like I was- Be still my heart. I love that. Okay, and is it called raclette? Is that the yummy food that I love? It's yeah, one of those, yeah. Mm, that's yummy. Okay, pizza was invented in Napoli. And this is a multiple choice around 1750, it's number one, 1680, 1820, or 1860. What? What was the first one, the oldest on. one? 1680, 1750, 1820, or 1860. I think it's probably one of the first two, uh, 1600 or 1700. See, I wanted to give Coulter a, an opportunity to answer because so that far, is so nice. You're such a giver. Horribly wrong. You're such a giver. <laughs> you just want him to get it wrong too. So yeah, it's you're such a giver. I, I would also go with the 1681. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You are incorrect. It's 1860. Are Sorry. <laughs> next time, find questions that are like coastal. So at least I thought these. I thought these were easier. I was like, I'm picking good questions. They gotta know. They love Italy. That's what I they said. It. We love Italy. <laughs> loving Italy. I don't go there. It's like, oh, I'd have okay. Really? I'll give you. This is the last one. Okay. Hopefully, this is easier. The colors of the Italian flag are green, white, and red. Green stands for hope. Red. The question was going to be what the colors are. And I was like, yay, I know that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> this is, that's, I thought so too. White. White stands for faith. <sighs> what does red stand for? Tomatoes. <laughs> oh, maybe um, like courage or power or strength or something. Love. You got oh, hope, white. faith. Hope, faith. Chianti? <laughs> <laughs> It's not that, I'll give you that. It's not. Well, what did Denise say? I said either like like power or strength or love. So one of those three for, for sure, Susan. Okay, so all of those are wrong. It's no! charity. It's charity. Charity. Its proper name is Repubblica Italiana, Italian Republic, nickname Bel Passe, which means beautiful country. So Mackenzie, guess who got all those right? in the house. Wait, wait, wait. How is this a fair game that you get to research the questions and if we answer them wrong, do I get to ask you a few questions now that I just have to answer? I know, that's next week's podcast. And they do the same things to me. Sorry. 
I really, I honestly tried to make them not very hard. I didn't realize they were as hard as they are. So um, we are kind of- These were questions about history. (laughs) (laughs) You're gonna say these were questions about hatred. We will work on our game, I'm sorry. No. I'm really not, but I'll pretend I am. I like losing. I don't either. Well, I need to win. I need to come back. So you guys have been wonderful. It is so great. I certainly hope I get to see you soon. Our next podcast is going to be with Ruth from the Fiji Tourism Board. And she is freaking hilarious. We wear the same glasses. So she has to be my people. So she's going to be coming on. I think it'll be fascinating, her career. She knows a ton about the South Pacific, Fiji, and stuff like that. So she's going to be on here in two weeks. She's really fantastic. Oh, she's super fun. You'd at, you should totally, she's in California. You should totally meet her. She's invited me. Uh, they call it the first flight to go to Fiji. So she's invited me on that. So um, it's an area that I've learned a lot about during the pandemic and I've really enjoyed it. Uh, Coulter got me connected with her and we really enjoy it. It's another area that DM wants to go to. I hear it's really good for scuba diving also. Yeah, of course I don't do that. So we will uh, get together. Mackenzie's going to edit this. Thank you, Mackenzie. Thank you for your story. And I hope you guys have a fantastic weekend. I really do expect some very good photos of your food this weekend, Tilo. Pressure's on. Yes. You guys have a great evening. Thank you so much. Thank you, Coulter. Okay. Thank you for having us. It was nice Thanks to meet you. Are amazing. Nice to meet Thank you. you. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Trouble podcast is hosted by Susan Green and Coulter Fleming. Editing and producing by Mackenzie Green. Find us on Instagram and Facebook at Backstage Travel Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to our show wherever you're listening. Send us your travel stories at info at backstagetravelpodcast.com. Susan's Travel Services has a passion for luxury travel, destination weddings, and honeymoons. The personal relationships with vendors and resorts ensures you receive the ultimate VIP luxury travel experience. To find out more, go to susanstravelservices.com.